0: Hemorrhoids can be a real pain in the butt, causing anal itching and burning and irritation. Get fast relief with all-natural, doctor-developed and tested Anacool. Buy Anacool, A-N-A-C-O-O-L. On Amazon right now and save 15% with code WABC2024. Curtis
1: Siwa. Curtis Siwa. Rip and read. Check this out. This is the Rip and Read featuring Curtis Leva Walking about now to the Bernard McGurk studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Leva this is the
0: Rip and Reed <laughs>
2: Ladies and gentlemen, maybe the worst beating that has ever occurred in the history of New York City, criminality. And it was available for all to see. All praise goes to the New York Post for putting it online. Uh, It circumvented out there. I eventually got a copy of it. And let me sort of bring you back. It was early in the morning, 3.30 a.m. Saturday going into Sunday. There was a 60-year-old African-American woman with a cane who needed also a walker to get around. And she was on the platform at 116th and Lexington Avenue, which is always a problematic station on the west side of Harlem, in addition to 125th, 135th, and 110th. Always problems. Always problems. So she's in a situation, and this monster, this brute, attacks her, takes her cane, and hits her. You saw the video over and over again, at least 50 times. At least 50 times. She's on the ground. She's begging for mercy. She's screaming, help, help, help. You have a token booth clerk, a female, who is inside. She's filming everything. She refuses to come out and help. No one else in immediate proximity on that platform came in, even to stop the attack, distract the attacker. He just savagely continued to beat her with her own cane. There was no gray areas in this. We all saw it, and what you didn't see, because the clip was truncated when I sent it on, And again, it was the female token booth clerk who had taken this film of the most monstrous beating I have ever seen in my 69 years in New York City and my 44 years as leader of the Guardian Angels. The female token booth clerk took the film, then circulated it to her fellow members of TWU Local 100, one of whom was a motorman who is a former guardian angel who sent it to me. And he said, Curtis, when some of our members saw this conductors and motorman, we cried. We cried. We could not believe a black woman on the ground being beaten savagely by a monster, a beast. What you did not see in that video because it was truncated at a certain point, I understand is that this monster who clearly was criminally insane and belongs in Kirby's psychiatric on Randall's Island, that's where the criminally insane are placed. It's a prison. Once he is adjudicated in court. What you didn't see is that he is screaming invectives on the ground. The woman cannot even move. She's laying down on the ground face up. He then begins to punch himself in his own face over and over again. Like, remember that scene in Fight Club when Ed Norton, the actor, punches himself into the trophy case? That was just one punch. This guy keeps hitting himself at least half a dozen times. And then he renews badgering the woman, screaming at her as he's bending over, and then he punches her in the face two solid times picks up his pants isn't it always the case you know that they want to be like they are in prison with no belt you know it's like preparation for prison right and he walks off and we thought he walked off into the night that was the initial report well now we find out that in fact the token booth clerk did call the special operative number of the MTA to get security and she called 911 simultaneously she didn't remove herself from the booth which I would have said she should have, to try to distract a monster. But she chose to stay safe and secure in her bunker. But she did video it. She did call it into MTA headquarters, and she did call 911. And, Justin, two police officers in uniform came. And when they came down, you would have thought, wow, arrest the guy, right? It's over. No. No. They didn't even go to the token booth clerk and ask her what had transpired. The black woman is on the ground. She's on her back. She's writhing in pain. She's screaming, help, help, help. She can't move. The monster is looming in direct proximity. The cops don't even bother to talk to the token booth clerk. I will bet you they're from the 28th precinct. You know, uh, wrong way, Lurafino, that's where, after my arrest at Gracie Mansion for civil disobedience with 281 81-year-olds for blocking the entrance to Gracie Mansion, a place that Eric Adams never goes to. He actually has gone on record as saying, I don't go to Gracie Mansion at night because it's haunted. I'm afraid of ghosts. I'm afraid of rats. But anyway, I digress. And at the 28th precinct, They didn't treat us well at all. You could see that whoever was deputy inspector there, political appointment of Eric Adams, they were going to make our life miserable. They fingerprinted us. They photographed us. And they charged us with a misdemeanor, obstructing government administration. But that's a sidebar. So my assumption is because West 116th Street, Lenox Avenue train station is a stone's throw from the 28th Precinct. It was probably cops from the 28th Precinct, although... It may turn out I'm wrong. Anyway, it was two uniformed police officers at the NYPD. They show up. They see the black woman on the ground screaming in pain on her back. They see this monster, this brute. They don't even bother to ask the token booth clerk, did you see what happened? Remember, she has a video. She could have shown them the video. They go up to the brute. They talk to him first. Then they talk to the woman on the ground, still writhing in pain, still screaming in pain. And they say, let me hear your version of events, your version, she tells them. And then they tell her, well, we'll have to arrest him, but we'll have to arrest you. What? We'll have to arrest him, but we'll have to arrest you if you want to complain against him. Now, I know this has been done before because every time I'd make a citizen's arrest, and I made many, many more than Eric Adams, who was a a police officer, a house mouse for 22 years. Uh, James Flippin, can you find out from DCPI exactly how many arrests that Eric Adams made in a 22-year police career? I'll bet you almost none because he was a house mouse. I've made dozens of citizen's arrests. Usually what would happen... I'm detaining the suspect or the guardian angels or by myself, cops would come. They would talk to the suspect and they would say, Curtis, if you are intent on placing him under citizen's arrest, I'd say, well, it's already been done. I've restrained him. I've denied him his passage to exit. He's under citizen's arrest. Well, then we're going to have to arrest you, too. And naturally, I would put my my wrists out and say, I've been arrested before. Go ahead. Arrest me again. And then they would talk to the sergeant and the sergeant would say, no, you better, you better arrest the mutt and scale, because he's got witnesses here. They didn't even bother to talk to the talking booth clerk. They told that woman on the ground beaten in the worst imaginable way that I have ever seen in 69 years, 44 years as leader of the guardian angels, that if, if they were to arrest the brute, On her complaint, they would have to arrest her too. Naturally, she's disheveled at that time. She'd been hit 50 times. She's crying. She's a grandmother. Eric Adams, she's African American. And these two male cops, I'm assuming they're male. What kind of men? Because they didn't want to have to make a collar. This is what you see to add to the stats. This way, like Eric Adams is today in that story. Oh, crime is down. Uh, No, it's not. Cops are not making arrests. This is a clear example. So the NYPD chief of transit is Michael Kemper. Sid Rosenberg likes him. You know why, Justin? And you would, too, because he's Jewish. I knew him when he was the deputy inspector of the 75th Precinct, largest in the city of New York and East New York, he worked his way up civil service, and now it's a political appointment. Do you know what he said in the aftermath when he was informed that the two cops let the brute loose because they said to the victim that they would have to arrest her? He says it's not clear what precipitated the assault. What? I don't, I don't know what that woman could have done to have precipitated an assault in which she was hit 50 times with her own cane. And then there was talk about, well, he had a serious criminal record. He was arrested eight times, but she had a criminal record, too. Oh, really? What was her criminal record, uh... NYPD chief of transit, Michael Kemper, let us all know. I don't care if she got college 60 times, 70 times as a shoplifter. She's a woman. Damn you. You didn't do your job. If I was the mayor, I'd call you in. I'd say, where's your badge and gun? I'm getting a new transit police commissioner. Coming up with these lame excuses. And those two cops, those two cops would be fired. But you see, there is this attitude now in the police department because the pressure is on them by the white shirts who have immunity. Don't report crime. We need to make the analytics look good. We need to make Eric Adams look good. He keeps claiming crime is down. Anybody out in the streets riding the subway, watching shoplifting, watching 90,000 packages getting stolen every day out of building foyers, outside of businesses, FedEx, USPS, UPS, know damn well that crime is skyrocketing. What a shonda. Michael Kemper, Transit Police Commissioner, you should impale yourself with a shonda to even suggest That it's not clear what precipitated the assault and that the victim might have had a criminal record herself. Yeah, well, what is a criminal record? I don't care what the criminal record was. No woman should ever be attacked in that manner under any circumstance. If a man does not protect women, he is not a man. Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.
3: Now to the
1: Bernard McGurk studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa.
0: Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the rip and read.
2: You know, for all these years, I thought this song was by Rockwell. And I see it as a cameo appearance by that pedophile on a pedestal, Michael Jackson, his brother, Jermaine. Where's Tito? Where's Tito, Jackson? Where's Tito? But anyway, I learned something today from who? James Flippin' on this. Thumbs up, James Flippin', for recognizing the song... By Maxwell, who's watching you, because it is so pertinent to what happened last night on Staten Island, which was 1984 Orwell. You know, we have been having demonstrations outside of St. John Villa Academy. It was June 14th. I refer to this article constantly in the Staten Island event. On Sid Rosenberg's show and on this show, the Rip and Read. I'm on Sid every day from at 7:05 Monday through Friday, and on the Rip and Read, Monday through Friday, 12 to 1. I had announced to everyone in Staten Island that St. John Villa Academy was now next up in the docket to become a house for illegal aliens on Staten Island. Originally, an all-girls high school, three years ago closed. They had 400. Female students, a uh, hundred per grade, four grades. Uh, the idea was that it would be sold to the Department of Education, dumbest organization ever, and it was for twenty million dollars to eventually be turned into a public high school. And then all of a sudden, there was the rumor as they called it, created by me, although it was a fact, dug up my, by my wife, the E-attorney Nancy, who double-checks, triple-checks, quadruple-checks. That's why 95% of the time I'm right, it's because of Nancy. I announced it, and I never got such incoming flack for any announcement that I made of any migrant center uh, preemptively before City Hall announced it. They all jump my bones. The Democrats naturally jump my bones. My fellow Republicans jump my bones. They call me a pathological liar. I'm making it up. I'm just trying to destroy Staten Island with these rumors. And then City Hall, which said everything is on the table, having announced that they had checked 3,000 sites to house illegal aliens, said, well, everything is on the table, but we can tell you without a doubt there will never be illegal aliens, migrants, at St. John Villa Academy. My phone didn't stop ringing. You better apologize. You better buck and bow. City Hall wanted my head on a the platter. They wanted me fired. They want me fired every day. The pressure was on, and then all of a sudden, a month later, what happened, Justin? The city announced. It will put 300 illegal aliens in St. John Villa Academy and everybody was outraged. And thank you to all of you who reached out to me and personally apologized because you had vilified me. All was forgiven, all was forgotten, including to many of my detractors, Democrats and Republicans, because I knew at that point it's all for one, one for all. Staten Island is the flashpoint. Staten Island is where the resistance has taken place. Staten Island is where the lawyers have gone to court to seek relief with temporary injunctions, where the politicos have come together behind Vito Fasella, the borough president, behind Nicole Maliotakis, the congresswoman, Joe Borelli, and the other councilmen and the assemblymen, Tanush and the other assembly people, and most important, Andrew Lanza, state senator, who has been at every rally from beginning to end. I got to tell you, that that's a man of the people. There's no doubt. Once again, last night from beginning to end. So we put all of that aside. And then we came up with a strategy. Politicians had to do what they did. Lawyers do what they did. And I worked with John Tobacco and Scott Lobato, the political artists. And we are the rebels. We are the rebel faction. Uh Grandmothers and mothers have basically blockaded St. Johnsville Academy around the clock. Around the clock, peacefully, but exercising their right of free speech. And you will hear this three in the afternoon. You will hear this three in the morning when the mayor tries to sneak the illegal aliens in by MTA bus by van.
3: Illegal. You are not welcome.
2: You notice, no curses. All grandmothers, all mothers. And so yesterday, the third rally, and this time, the grandmothers and mothers were the ones that were on the pedestal because they've held it down. Eric Adams is at a stalemate. It's checkmate. And Staten Island is winning this battle. But he's trying every maneuver, and then yesterday... He brought up the Jones. Can you imagine two Jones to spy on the citizens who are peaceful, exercising their right, First Amendment right of free speech. There's been no violence there. And Frank Morano of Staten Island was absolutely magnificent on the other side of Midnight. He's taken this lane. He is now going to fight. For the residents of Staten Island, so they never see a drone high in the sky again, sent by Eric Adams to spy on them.
1: It has taken all of one day... For my warning to come to fruition. What happened yesterday? Yesterday, I got the call from my friend and colleague, Curtis Slewa as well as a number of other people that were at the rally outside St. John's Villa. Apparently, there were multiple NYPD drones. There were NYPD drones monitoring the people at this protest. There was never an expectation that there would be any sort of violence or any sort of disruption at this protest site because there hasn't been at this protest site in the last few weeks. And they've been out there every day. There hasn't been a single incident other than planned civil disobedience. So why the need for drones?
2: Bravo, Frank, but he continued.
1: Something tells me that whoever is putting these drones out there, Mayor Adams, is putting together a list of his political adversaries. Heaven help you if you were at this protest and you owe money in parking tickets or child support or anything else, because you can bet you're going to get quite a knock on your door.
2: He's absolutely correct. Spying on Americans... You know, you know, this isn't just to fight crime. This is to spy on his political enemies. Frank continued.
1: I said that this had the potential to be abused. This sort of pervasive drone prevalence is sure to be misused. It's sure to exploit people and hurt New Yorkers' civil liberties. And it puts everybody's privacy at risk.
2: Absolutely. Frank uh, will now do his due diligence. I'll let you know momentarily what he is planning to do. But here was Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, explaining why the use of drones before the West Indian Caribbean Day Parade and before that, the night of the parade juve.
3: There are a number of calls of loud music, disruptive uh, behavior, Instead of the police having to respond uh, and uh, look at those, they're going to utilize drones from a safe distance up, uh, not down, flying in someone's backyard to see what they have on the grill. They're going to utilize the drones to determine should they send crisis management teams there right away to help mitigate the problem. We don't want police to be the same, the, the only response. And we were very clear.
2: You're full of bull. You had a complete precinct out there, all the white shirts, the blue shirts. You had an army of cops. You didn't need an army of cops. And you had two drones, one behind the speaker's podium that was aimed right at me. When I gave my speech, I was actually looking up at the drone, talking to the drone, because I know they were recording every word and photographing everyone in the crowd using the photo uh, identification software that they have. That's right. By any means necessary, they'll try to crush the enemy. And then there was a drone, NYPD drone, at the end of the rally, which was two blocks away. At least a 1,000 people were there, all to intimidate the crowd. Everyone in the crowd knew they were being watched. And everybody understood that Eric Adams was misusing the drones just as as Frank Morano said, it's 24 hours later after he explained it. Oh, disgraciate. So, um, I'm, uh, I'm appointing Frank Morano as the person who will find a lawyer to represent the citizens of Staten Island who have had their rights violated. And let's see. Oh, yeah. What about, uh, what about from the movie? I didn't think. Well, what the name of that movie was? The Big Lebowski. That's right. The Big Lebowski. Remember, he's being interrogated by the police. And remember, uh, l- listen to this. Listen to this.
0: Is this your only ID? You know my rights, man. You don't know sh- Lebowski. I want a f- lawyer, man. I want Bill Counselor, man. Or Ron Kuby. Now,
2: would I deal with Ron Kuby, whose mommy is a commie? You're damn well right I would. So Frank Morano is going to reach out to Norman Siegel, formerly head of the New York Civil Liberties Union, best friend of Eric Adams, but has defended civil liberties even when it was not popular with liberals and progressives. Likewise, Ron Kuby. We're going into court to protect the rights of Staten Island residents to protest and residents in Brooklyn and the Rockaways to protest against the use of Floyd Bennett Field to be a migrant center. Friday night, will be out again outside of Creedmoor. Please show up, 6 o'clock. It'll be the mothers and children because the mothers can't quite understand with the start of school tomorrow. How is it? That their children must be fully vaccinated from A to Z. Every conceivable vaccine that's ever been created or they can't come to school. But the illegal alien children get a pass. They don't have to be vaccinated. How the hell is this occurring? It's a state law. They're breaking every law along the way for illegal aliens that we don't know. That have no ID. We have no idea about their medical histories, nothing. They haven't been vaccinated. And that's why, stay tuned, Justin, tomorrow, I heard that in a school in Staten Island, in the early morning, as the mothers arrive with their children and the grandmothers with their grandchildren, there will be the mother of all actions. Stay tuned. Up the rebels. The rebels are on the march. And, yes... I am the leader of the rebels.
3: About- this is the
1: Riffin Reed, featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Oh.
2: If you remember, it was back in late May that uh, Project Veritas in Westchester uh, County was hounding Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, intrepid reporters who gave him no slack. They followed him uh, to the actual annual meeting of stockholders of the private company known as DocGo. And immediately, Project Veritas asked a question that has created the number one news story of today, which I'll get to momentarily.
3: What's your relationship with Doc Go? Thank you. Tom. Just like you, just. Like you. I have
1: no relationship with Doc Go, sir. What's your relationship with Doc Go?
2: He wouldn't answer. He figured, hey, it's Project Veritas. It's young reporters. It's not any of the main uh, tabloids, or it's not the Times. I can lie my way through this. I've lied through uh, almost two years as mayor. And then Project Veritas actually got the video of his appearance before the stakeholders of DACO. And uh, they were at their annual conference down on Wall Street. And listen to what this mayor said, because it's always about the money.
3: I wanted to come through, number one, to tell... This company, thank you for what you did during our difficult time. Number two, as much as I possibly can to try to get as much money out of your pocket into my city to spend. To try to get as much money out of your pocket into my city to spend.
2: Oh, get as much money out of your pocket into my pocket to spend in my city. Yeah, so he bifurcated that. But remember. Eric Adams. With him, it's all about the money. From the time he was sworn into office as a state senator to the year 2000, in front of family, friends, crooked colleagues, lobbyists, looking to wine, dine, and pocket line him in media. Remember his first words: "Show
3: me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about."
2: Gotta hear that one more time, please, Lou.
3: Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all
2: about. So let me give you an update because uh, Nancy, my wife, the attorney, did a deep dive after Project Veritas co-busted Mayor Adams. as getting wine dined in pocket line by Dotco. He gave them a $432 million no-bid contract to deal with all the migrants coming in, even though they had never provided any services of the likes of which the contract called for. It was clearly a major kickback. Earlier today, the city controller, Brad Lander, ordered the DACO contract to be scrapped. He said he finds it just unimaginable that we would be giving $432 million to a company that has failed every step of the way. And the name of the CEO, Justin, so appropriate, Anthony Al Capone. I kid you not, his middle name is Al. Anthony Al Capone, who actually has used the New York City contract into a $4 billion federal contract, boasting that the emergency deal is going to put profit in the company's pockets. But more importantly, it's going to put money in the pockets of Eric Adams, whose code is... Show
3: me the money! Show me the money. That's what it's all about.
2: This man ain't going to the White House. This DACO contract will end up putting him in chains and shackles, and he'll be going to the big house.